The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Let's get into the Word. Are you ready for this tonight? Boy, I love to preach where people love the Word of God. And I tell you, the atmosphere is just, it's so rich. And uh, I know you get good teaching, and so it makes my job even easier. So let's pray, and we'll get into this message tonight. Father, thank you for the Word, and thank you for the Holy Spirit who's here to lead us and guide us into the truths of your Word Speak to us tonight. Lead us and guide us into the things that you have for us. Give me utterance in the Holy Spirit that I may speak as of the oracles of God and minister with the ability which God supplies. We pray that needs will be met here, that, that uh, questions will be answered, that revelation knowledge will flow. And uh, we give you all the praise and glory and honor for if it weren't for you, we wouldn't have anything to say. We just thank you for all you've done and give you the glory for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. And you can be seated. And we are talking about God likes faith. And I was able to work on a, a, a book today, uh, this morning, and I'm, I'm going to call it God Likes Faith. And I'm really uh, excited about getting that book out. It's my fourth book. Uh, one's being printed right now. And uh, I have a mini book coming out. But uh, for, you, for you, I was going to bring some things and give some things away, but they're in my luggage. Uh, so I wanted to give you a download, and it's of my audio series, and I think they can put it up here. It's of my audio series, and it's entitled God Likes Faith. It's four audio messages. And if you go to my website, is it up there? Well, I meant for you to actually go to the website and get a picture of that. Can you do that? that there it is. And so that's what the book's going to be. Don't you like that? See the little boy with the Bible on his lap, laughing his head off? God likes faith. Faith laughs at the problem. So you can go to that place on the website. It's on the product page. It's gregfritz.org. And you should get familiar with that website because we have lots of free stuff, streaming and downloads. But if you go to the website and you go to this page here, you're going to get the audio MP3s. And when you go to checkout, enter the code FAITH27. FAITH27, no space, in the uh, coupon code uh, area, and it'll be free. And you probably know better how to do that than I do. But it'll, it'll be a free download, and, and uh, I would love for all of you to have that. Yeah. So, uh, um, and then there are other things on there that are free as well. They're also paid. But it, things have changed so much in the last 10 years in ministry that we can minister around the world through different media platforms. My YouTube channel, is it's got over 400 videos. All of them are free. And you can get there best through my website. Just go to the YouTube uh, link and, go and subscribe to my channel. I'd love for you to go and subscribe. And, uh, of course, there are videos, but you can listen to them as well. If you're in the gym, you could turn on a video and listen to it. 
And so uh, eventually everything that we do ends up on that YouTube channel. So it's become a, a huge library. Everything's broken down into uh, different series. And, um, and I'm really uh, happy about what they've done with that just because of the amount of content and the fact that it can reach the, the world. And so you're welcome to go there. Uh, we're talking here today about God likes faith. And I gave you three points, and we were on our fourth point of why God likes faith. Number one, God likes faith because it takes faith to receive, and he likes to give. You've got to receive by faith, and God's a big giver. And so he likes the fact that faith is the way that he can bless you. Number two, God likes faith because he's a faith God. He operates in faith himself. And he spoke the world into existence with the words of faith. Number three, God likes faith because faith makes the kingdom fair. There are no favorites. God doesn't pick. <laughs> you know, if, if two people that are unsaved come to the same service and hear the same message and one of them gets saved and the other does not, it's not because God loved one more than the other. It's not because one deserved it more than the other. It's not because God was angry with one more than the other. It's not because one was lucky and the other wasn't. It's simply because one of them chose to believe on Jesus and the other one didn't. It's as simple as that. It's not complicated. God responds to faith. And so faith makes the kingdom fair. Then number four, God likes faith because he wants to give us things that we could never earn. He doesn't want there to be any limit. And if God gave us what we could earn, we wouldn't get much. In fact, if you got what you deserved, you'd wind up in hell. And so that, that was not God's plan. So he, he wanted a, a system whereby he could bless us with unlimited blessings. You know, it's hard to imagine what it would be like to be God. Um, but, but God has unlimited wealth. And he wants to bless his people with it. And we, we, most of the time, we operate on a budget. It's because our wealth is limited. You can't spend more than you make. You have to stay within certain means. And, but God's not like that. God's not limited by a budget. And, and God's not limited by, by how many people are on the earth. He's, he's not a communist. Aren't you glad God's not a communist? He, he doesn't take from one and give to another so everyone can have an equal measure. He has so much wealth, he could bless everyone beyond their wildest dreams, and he would still have wealth left over. So, so he had to have a way where people could get blessed and continue to get blessed, and, and it, 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 there was no limitations on his side. And, and the way he did it is if, if you go to Mark chapter, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Romans chapter 4, verse 16. I want to start with this verse. Romans 4, 16. It said, this is Paul speaking. <clears throat> he says, therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace. Remember those two words. Here's how this new kingdom, this new covenant operates. It, it is of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise or the promises, he's talking here about the, 
promise to Abraham, but it represents all the blessings of the new covenant so that the promise might be sure to all the seed. He doesn't want to leave anyone out. So he found a system that doesn't leave anyone out. It, it, it includes everyone who wants to be there. So that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. So, so it is a faith that it might be by grace. I told you about the, the store uh, that, you, that you go into and uh, everything's paid for. You know, I went into the store today to buy these pants. Did you know these pants are not as old as they look? <laughs> That's the funniest thing. They look so old. And, and they charge new prices. for. Did somebody else wear these pants? And now I bought them? So, um, but, but they had a price tag and, um, I walked in, I don't know your sizes. They're in some other, I don't know what they are. I said, what, what am I? What am I? And, and, uh, she said, well, you're, you're this. I said, well, that's probably small, right? No. She said, Extra large. I said, oh, okay. But there's a price on everything. And you, and you pay for what you want. And we're used to that. We understand that. That's fair. That's the way we do things. But in God's kingdom, we couldn't afford anything. <laughs> we, we couldn't even get in the door because we don't deserve it. We don't belong there without his help. So Jesus paid for everything. Everything in the store is already paid for. And you're invited in. You're a VIP. You're well ushered into the kingdom of God. And he says, whatever you want, you can have it. There's, it's, it's priceless. It's not cheap. But it's paid for. You've never been to a store like this before. It's priceless. You can't put a value on the blessings of God, but they're paid for, so they're free. Boy, people have a problem with that. People just have a problem with that. But we need to come as children and say, I'll take it. I'll believe it. I'm not going to fight the system. So, so grace is, is what, what Jesus did for us to purchase everything so that all the blessings of God are free. However, they're not automatic. If they were, every single person on earth would be drowned in the blessings of God. And that wouldn't be morally right. God didn't want to do it that way. So there had to be a regulator to determine who gets what. Since it's all paid for and everybody can have everything, who decides, what decides who gets what? How do we know who gets salvation and who gets healed and who gets blessed and who gets prosperous? And how do we know who gets delivered and who doesn't? How do we know who accesses what blessings? Since everybody can have everything, the regulator is faith. So if, if, if the angels of God said, Father, everything up here is paid for and everybody can have everything, how, how do we know who gets what? Let's say they're dispensing the blessings and they go, how do we know who gets what? And the father says, it's easy, it's simple. Just give everybody as much 
grace as they believe for. You have as much grace in your life right now as you believe for. It's, it's, not, it's not political. It's, it's not favoritism. You're not lucky. You're not unlucky. You either believe for it or you don't. And when you believe, you get it. And if you don't believe, you don't get it. And you can beg and plead and wonder and question and criticize and accuse God himself. But you receive what you believe for. This is the kingdom. Not, this isn't earth. I didn't go to the store today and get what I believed for. I got what I paid for. But when you go into the king, you have to shift your mind. We're not used to operating this way. There are no strings attached. God's not saying, I'll bless you if you do this or if you don't do that. He's saying, whatever you want from me is free, and you've got to keep it that way. You can't work for it. You can't earn it. You can't pay me back. But you just believe it, and you can have it. And so some people, they... Believe on Jesus. And if you're only going to believe on one thing, if that's all you're going to do in your life is believe one thing, believe on Jesus and be saved. And they stop right there. They don't believe that God does anything else. In their minds, they got their entrance to heaven and they're just going to hold on and do the best they can until they get to heaven. And they're free to do that. There's not a problem with that. God will allow that. He loves them just as much as he loves anyone else. But they could have so much more. Why stop believing just at salvation? Why stop believing at forgiveness of sins? Why not take another step and believe that God does miracles today? That healing is possible and that it's paid for by the sacrifice of Jesus. Why not believe in the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Why not? Amen. And if you think about it, there's so much controversy around speaking in tongues, divine healing, and divine prosperity. Am I right? Why? It's a battle. There's such a battle. Why? It's the enemy. He's sowing seeds of unbelief and doubt. He's trying to cloud the waters. He's trying to fill the world with disinformation because he doesn't want the church to be healed and to be filled and to be prosperous. He wants you to be sick, broke, and weak. So if he, can, if he can keep you from believing in these things, then he can keep you from receiving them. It's not God that's making all these decisions. We are. But I've, I said this before. The great thing about faith is nobody can, can, can stop you from believing. And if you're the only person on earth that believes that you receive divine prosperity, God will prosper you. You don't have to have support. You don't have to have agreement. You don't have to have cooperation. You don't have to get permission. You can believe that God wants to prosper you, that God wants to heal you, that God wants to fill you with power. The kingdom of God is unlike anything on this earth. And God gets blamed for so much that he's not responsible for. 
People fight the faith message. They fight that as if there's something wrong with it. And, you know, uh, it, it is. Uh, it does involve some personal responsibility. It's better. I mean, it's easier for people to say, if I don't get healed, God just decided, just said no. Just, let's just blame him for it. But when you start preaching faith and then people don't receive, they want to know why and they want to blame me. Well, as a preacher, it would be so much easier for me to say, you just never know what God's going to do. You're sick? Well, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. I guess it's, you're just, it's just not your lucky day. In America, people used to say this, come on to church tonight. Tonight might be your night. As if it's like a lottery or your, your, you know, your slot machine, your jackpot. Like you, you just never know what God's going to do. Yeah, I know exactly what God's going to do. He's going to do whatever you believe. He will meet you at the point of your faith. Well, that's personal responsibility. Well, I'm not going to fight the plan. I just want to find out what it is. I want to know the program and I want to get good at it. Notice this. This is a strange scripture, but it makes sense in light of what we've been talking about. Mark chapter 4, verse 24. Then he said to them, take heed what you hear. You know how faith comes? By hearing. He says, take heed what, uh, what you hear. Or one translation says, be careful how you listen. For with the same measure you use to, to hear, it will be measured to you. Now, I'm just going to tell you, I love preaching here because you listen. And, and I can take the same message to a place where they don't listen and have no results. In fact, I've been traveling so long that I, I'm, you can't fool me. You can't fool me. I go to some place like this, and, and I'm telling you, Chipo and Tafara, they just kept bragging on the message last night. They just kept And I'm like, I've preached this before, and nobody got a thing. You know, it's not, it, it's, it's really, the, the message is always good. Some people receive it, and some people just, nah. I've been to churches, and I compare it to a base. Have you seen the Major League Baseball you know how the pitcher, uh, the catcher, he, he gives the signs to the pitcher to pitch a certain pitch, and the pitcher stands there on the mound and he goes, nah. So they give him another sign and he goes, mm -mm. and they give him another sign and he goes, like, well, don't get so excited about it. But I've been to churches like that, and I, I wind up, I give them the best thing I got, and they go, nah. Well, how about this? Uh, nah. We've heard better. So be careful how you listen. For with the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. Now, that's pretty powerful up to that point, but, but let's read the rest of it. For whoever has... To him, more will be given. I like that. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. That doesn't sound fair. 
if somebody has, then why do they get more? And if somebody doesn't have, then why do they lose? Because we're talking about the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, when you learn how to believe God, you can receive more and more. Because there's always more. You never have it all. God has more to give you. So you go from faith to faith. You go from glory to glory. You go from blessing to blessing. But on the other hand, if you don't learn how to believe God, you have a hard time holding on to what you have because the enemy will rob you. So rather than God saying, I want to be fair and give everybody a little bit, he says, no, I have more than you could all ever receive. So just come and whatever you believe for, you can have it. All things are possible to those who believe God. So we, we can, uh, um, knowing these principles, it answers a lot of questions. And it, it encourages us to choose to believe more. You know, I, I grew up Methodist. And uh, in our church, they didn't teach much. It's just like, you know, be nice. So that's why I'm so nice. I'm nice. They taught the beatitude, blessed are the peacemakers. You know, they, they told stories, and, and, and the, but they, you, couldn't even, you couldn't even find out how to get saved. And the people would come forward if they ever came forward. You know, they'd invite you if you want to come. And I watched them because I wanted to be saved. I'd watch people go to the front, and they'd shake their hand and tell them to sit down. I'd say, well, that's not, I didn't, they didn't get much. We didn't know any. Now, now the Baptists, they, they, they were the ones that were always fighting over things. They, they were very strong in their beliefs. But us Methodists, we didn't know enough to fight. We didn't know, we didn't know anything to argue. So, so when, when the full gospel message came to me, I didn't know any. I'd never heard tongues as of the devil. I'd never heard that God doesn't do miracles anymore. I never heard that healing ceased with the last apostle. I'd never heard those things. I'd never heard that prosperity is greed and it's evil. I'd never heard that. So when I heard that God fills with the Holy Ghost, I said, I want that. When I heard that God still does miracles, I, I said, I believe that. And so there was, there was no resistance in me. I just needed the knowledge because faith comes by hearing. And boy, I grew quickly. Once I got filled with the Spirit and saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, I grew quickly. But, but other people, they fight fights. There's battles in their own mind with unbelief, with wrong teaching because of the things that they've heard and their subtle doubts that they need to deal with so that they can believe the, the promises of God and receive what God has for them. Notice Galatians 3, verse 2. Uh, Paul says, this only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? What he's saying is, did you pay for your blessings or did you get them by faith? Did you work for it or did God just give it to you? You didn't earn salvation, so God gave it to you. Then it go, go down to verse 21. It says, is the law then against the promises of God? Certainly not. If there had been a law given which could have given life, then truly righteousness would have been by the law. What he's saying here is, if you could have worked to earn your salvation, then God would have allowed you to work to earn your salvation. But you couldn't. So that's not how it is. 
the scripture, verse 22, has confined all under sin, that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who what? Believe. Believe. Say it again. Believe. Believe. So so God has, has designed the entire New Testament around faith in his word. He said that the the promise by faith in Jesus Christ is given to those who believe. That's you and me. Thank God that he's made it possible for us to receive by faith. I like God's system. It's very specific, but once you learn it, more and more is given. We need to hear the word constantly, especially, especially in these days. We need to get more of God's word working in our lives and less of the world's input. The world is on a campaign right now to intimidate people, to scare people, to, to uh, um, put, push us into the corners, to get us to stop believing. If, if you believe for one second that because of the things that happened in this world and in this time that you're not going to be who you were supposed to be or you can't now do what you were supposed to do or you'll never have what you could have had if the world hadn't gone crazy, stop believing that. This is your time. This is your destiny. This is your life. God's promises have not changed. God has not changed. God's plan for you has not changed. God's future for you has not changed. It's not our fault we were born in 20 into the 2020s and we got to live our life now where everybody's lost their mind. I am not going to quit living. I'm not going to go retreat into a cave until the world comes to its senses. I'm not going to wait to be happy when they get all these problems fixed. I'm going to walk by faith and believe God right now because the clock is ticking. You only get one chance at life. Number five, God likes faith because everyone can do it. And I'm really, I want you to get this. I've spent a lot of time on this lately. He likes faith because everyone can do it. Don't think that you can't believe. Don't think that there are certain people that can't believe. Everybody can believe. Some choose to believe other things, but everybody has the capacity to believe, and if it weren't that way, God would have chosen another way. No, this is the way it is because everybody can do this. In in, uh, Hebrews 11.6, it says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. That's faith. That's a threshold. That's something that people who want God, who want salvation, who want to know what their heavenly father is all about, they have to take that step. It's not impossible. It's not something that only a few can do. It's not something that only, you know, the desperate can do. Anybody can choose to believe God. Don't let scientists tell you that because they're scientists, they can't believe in the supernatural. It's not true. 
I don't care how many facts and how many studies you've done, everybody can choose to believe in God. And if, because if they couldn't, it wouldn't be right, and God wouldn't have chosen faith as the way to know Him. There's a difference between can't and won't. Everybody can believe in God. Some just choose not to. Romans 12, 3 says, uh, God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Everybody can believe. I'm, I just did a mini book. I wish I had those. I haven't printed them yet. But I've entitled it. I was showing the pastors. Uh, it's called Prepare to Meet Your Maker. Don't you like that? I wanted to get people's attention. Prepare to meet your maker. And the question on it is, are you ready for eternity? Are you ready for eternity? And then, you know, point number one in my book is, you will meet God. I don't care if you don't believe in God, if you don't want to talk about God, if you think religion's personal, if you mind in your own business, you're going to meet God. I'm going to meet God. Everybody's going to stand before God. Are you ready for that moment? Are you ready for the moment? The most important moment in your existence is when you stand before your creator. And people take precautions and they make plans for everything else. They plan their own funeral. And they're not even going to be here and they plan it all out. What do you care? No, I want this casket. I want this burial plot. People plan their whole life for retirement. I've known people that worked their whole life. They retired and a week later they died. Have you heard the saying, there's nothing, uh, nothing uh, sure except death and taxes? Let me tell you, there's something else more sure than that. And that you're going to meet God. I don't understand. Why people spend decades preparing for things that may or may not happen, and they don't spend one minute preparing to meet God. People buy insurance for their house just in case it might burn. It's probably not going to burn, but you want to be ready. People buy insurance for their car just in case. Now, you may not have a wreck, but you want to be ready. And then eternity, ah. Uh, you never know. You just have to wait and see. No, you don't. Eternity lasts forever. You, you want to spend 50, 60 years preparing for retirement and not even a minute preparing for eternity? What are the chances that there is a God? What are the odds? So I don't think there's a God. What if you're wrong? If you're wrong, if you believe there's no God and you're wrong, you're going to stand before your creator never having thanked him for giving you a chance to live life on this planet. I don't want to go into eternity like that. So the first step is that you believe 
there is a God. So I just can't do it. Yes, you can. People believe in all kinds of things. Why? Because we have very good believers. We, we have a, our believers work. People believe in aliens. They do. Oh, they believe in aliens. I've heard them talk about. Oh, yes, they're out there. I heard a scientist say, they're out there. We just haven't found them yet. (laughs) Really? Oh, yeah. What? I went through Roswell, New Mexico. That is the capital of alien belief in the U.S., (laughs) Roswell. They had a UFO museum in Roswell, New Mexico. And I didn't stop, and I wish I had of. Because what do they have in a UFO museum? They don't have a UFO in there. They've never found one. They don't have an alien in there. They've never found an alien. They don't have an alien fossil. They don't have an alien bone. They don't have an alien footprint. Why? They haven't had any proof of aliens anywhere. And yet, oh, they're out there. What? Some people still believe the earth is flat. They've obviously never been in an airplane. They believe the earth is flat. Some people believe that man hasn't been to the moon, that that was filmed in Hollywood. They do. And you can't talk them out of it. Everybody can believe. We can do this. You can do this. You're so good at this. In fact, believing is one of the things that humans do the best. Romans 1.20 says, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. He's saying, God himself is saying, look, I'm going to be fair about this, but I'm just going to tell you, if you look at this creation and you don't believe that there's a creator, then you have no excuse. What is he saying? Everybody can believe. Not everybody does, but they can. This is good news for us. Because we've already crossed these thresholds. We're well on our way to great faith. And you didn't even know it. For a Christian to sit in a faith sermon series and feel like they don't have much faith or they need more faith or they're very weak in the area of faith is, is wrong. You have more faith than you ever realized. You can believe so much more just by making the effort, just by making the decision. You're a believer. That's who you are. That's what you do. You're good at this. Let me illustrate it this way. How many of you, let's take a faith test, shall we? I'm going to grade you. And I'm not going to give you the answers. How many of you believe that there's a God? You believe that? Now, now what if I brought in an expert and they said there was no God? You wouldn't 
You, you wouldn't be convinced, would you? you? You still believe there's a God. Now, how many of you have ever gotten up in the morning and said, oh, I sure hope I can believe there's a God today. Uh, I'm doing my best to believe there's a God. I'm, not, I'm, I'm hanging in there. No, you, you made that step, and there's rest. There's an assurance. There's a, there's a stability about that. That's faith. You have that right now, and it's with you every day. It's not a feeling, and it's not a, an expression. It's, it's an inward knowing and an outward confession. When you talk about God, you don't say, if there's a God. You say, God is. You, you talk about him in the present tense because you believe it, and your confession uh, proves that. How many of you believe that God had a son and his name was Jesus? Believe it. Were you there? Were you one of the wise men that went to the manger and saw them, the Son of God? Did you see it? No. Do you know anybody who was there? No. Do you have any photos? Instagram? Facebook? And yet you believe that Jesus came to the earth and lived 33 and a half years. And how many of you believe he died on a cross for your sins? You have absolutely no proof that that is true. But you believe it, don't you? You don't struggle to believe that. You don't try to believe that every day. You don't, you don't work yourself up every day so you can stick with it. You just believe it. How many of you believe he died on the cross and three days later, God raised him from the dead? And that, and that, that event somehow affects you today. And when you confess Jesus as Lord, now, 2,000 years later, your sins are forgiven. Did you see your sins washed away? Did, did, you, did, you, did you see your name written in the book of life? Do you believe there's a book of life? And you believe your name is in it? Yeah, yeah. Did you ever see God write your name in the book of life? But you believe that. You know why? Because you're a believer. <laughs> All right. How I many of you believe you're saved? Uh, now, are you trying to believe that every day or, or is it true? And when we ask you about your salvation, do you say, I hope so? I think so. I want to be. Why? Because you, that's what you believe. And your confession backs up. It's an inward conviction and an outward confession. That's faith. I mean, wouldn't you think somebody was crazy if, uh, if you, I, I have a wedding ring, and you came and said, are you married? And I said, I hope so. <laughs> I think so. I want to be. I love her. Yeah, but are you married? Well, I don't, I'm not sure. What do you mean you're not sure? Faith is sure. Faith embraces the promise of God and it doesn't move. All right. How many of you believe that when you die, you're not dead? You're going to go to a place called heaven. You believe that? Do you know where heaven is? Can you point to heaven? What about the people in China? Where are they pointing? If, they, if you point this way. How about the people in America? They're pointing that way. Let's just admit it. You don't know where heaven is. 
If I gave you a galactic map, a GPS of the universe, and a spaceship filled with fuel, could you fly to heaven? You'd get lost. And yet, think about this. You're telling me that when your body dies, you're going to go there, and you don't even know where it is. Do you believe that? You probably believe you have a house there. Um, oh, why not? Let's, why not? A mansion on a street made out of... Of course you do. What kind of a fairy tale book? Do you understand? We, we don't even flinch. And say that. And people in the world are going, whoo, man. You, you guys believe in Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, heaven. You're out there. And we don't have a problem at all believing that. You know what that is? That's faith. You know what you are? You're weird. No. <laughs> You're a believer. You believe things that can't be proven. They're just impossible to perform, and yet you believe it with no problem. Here's the point. Why leave our faith simply in things in the past? God is. Jesus came. He arose from the dead. And why limit it just to the future? When I die, I'm going to heaven. Why not use that same ability to believe for the here and now? That I'm going to live my life. God's going to bless me and prosper me and heal me and help me and guide me. And I'm going to be fruitful. And I'm going to, not only am I saved, am I going to heaven, but I'm victorious. And I'm an overcomer. And I fulfill my destiny. You can believe those things just the same. And you don't have to get up every day and try to believe it and hope to believe it and want to believe it. It can become part of you, part of your confession, part of, of, of who you are as a person. Can I just tell you, God needs people like this today. Amen. The world is afraid. They're, 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 they're confused. They're angry. They're running in all directions. We can be the people of, of purpose and answer and direction and, and, and give people a, a message of hope. Amen. It's not built on emotion, but it's real. It works. Can you see what I'm saying? How, how much of God's grace are you going to get in your life? As much as you believe for. We, we need to quit waiting for God to do something else, and we need to believe something else. Believe it. You see, uh, faith, Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What that simply means is anybody is able to hear and believe the word of God. Not everybody does it, but everybody can. And you certainly can. Let me give you some scriptures that you can believe now that will change your life in the present. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I'm with you. <laughs> that, that should be enough right there. God weighed in on fear. He gave you a promise and said, Fear not, 
Well, what are you going to do? I'm not sure what I'm going to do, but I know what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to fear. Fear is off the table. It's not an option. I will not fear. I refuse to fear. I don't have to fear. I can believe God in every situation. Be not dismayed, for I'm your God. I'll strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Did you know you can believe that as sure as you can believe that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved? You can believe this. I fear not. I'm full of faith. I don't run from problems. I don't run in terror. I don't, I don't run from giants. Boy, I tell you, Christians need to take a second look. This whole two years has helped us recalibrate and realize that we need to get strong in the area of faith. I was embarrassed by the way some Christians handled the pandemic. And if, and if you're not happy with the way it affected you, let's, let's get into the Word of God and let's do better next time. Let's choose to be victorious. Let's not allow worldly problems to get in our heads. Let's practice what we believe. Let's practice what we preach. Fear not, for I'm with you. Psalm 46.1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. And then he qualifies it, even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. That's so good. We went through a pandemic, but that didn't happen. The earth wasn't removed. The mountains didn't disappear into the sea. I mean, that's cataclysmic. He's literally saying, if you get up in the morning and you open your door and the earth is gone, don't fear. Whoa, okay. Man, you got people scared of everything. They're scared of meteorites from outer space. They're scared of global warming. They're scared of global cooling. They're scared of pandemics. God said, if the earth is removed and if the mountains went into the sea... You shall not fear. We are not a people of fear. We are a people of faith. Isaiah 28, 16. This applies. It says, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation, he that believeth shall not make haste. In the New Living Translation, it says this, whoever believes need never be shaken. Oh, I want you to get this. When you begin to walk by faith, you don't have to respond to the circumstances of the world. We don't have to be constantly reacting to the world and its problems. If the enemy can get you to focus on circumstances, he can control your life. If he can get you to confess what you see and what you fear, he has limited your experience. But when you begin to look at things that can't be seen, and when you begin to speak your faith, then you have completely removed yourself from circumstances. 
You can be who God told you you would be. You can do what God has promised you to do, but you're going to have to do it by faith. You've got to walk by faith and not by sight. We, we don't have to wait for the world to get fixed or to get straightened out before we can live our lives. We can live life to the full right now. The NIV says, the one who relies on faith will never be stricken with panic. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, we walk by faith and not by sight. We have this faith option. The world doesn't have it. They have to deal with the news. They have to react to the news every day. But we have the faith option. We can believe the news, the good news. We can believe the promises of God that are independent of circumstances. Hallelujah. You know, we talk about giant killing faith, and God's built some faith into our lives through the, throughout the years, but we shouldn't be surprised when a giant comes. What do you need giant killing faith for if you're not going to face a giant? Why do you need mountain moving faith if you, if you weren't going to have to move a mountain? That's a mountain. Yes, you've been training your whole life for this. Resist it. If you're training for a fight and you're a heavyweight fighter and you train for, for a year and you get all buffed up and ready to go and you get in the ring and then your opponent gets, you go, that guy's scary. You've been training to beat him. This is what it's all about. We've got to face things and, and overcome. I love this. I want to read this, this, these few verses to you. Are you doing okay? All right. Let me read a few verses. Hebrews 11 is called the Hall of Fame of Faith. It's a faith chapter in the Bible, Hebrews 11. And so the theme here is faith. And, and uh, it's, it, I'm just going to start here in verse 33. And, and the, like I said, the theme is faith. So I'm going to use this phrase through faith on every one of these instances to make the point. Verse 33, who through faith subdued kingdoms. Through faith, they worked righteousness. Through faith, they obtained promises. Through faith, they stopped the mouths of lions. Through faith, they quenched the violence of fire. Through faith, they escaped the edge of the sword. Through faith, out of weakness, they were made strong. Through faith, they became valiant in battle. Through faith, they turned to flight the armies of the aliens. This, th these are, in other words, it doesn't matter what the problem is. The answer is always the same, and it'll work in this generation the way it worked in other generations. The difference is, this is our turn. This is our time. We get to believe God now. Don't fail at this point. Let us be overcomers by faith. Whoever, God said this about you, 1 John 5, 4, whoever is born of God overcomes the world. He said that about his children. He said, you're born of me. You have victory running through your veins. You're my offspring. You overcome the world. It doesn't matter what the problem is. You overcome it. It doesn't matter what the challenge is. You're an overcomer. He says, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. It simply means this. Victory belongs to you. It's your right. You are born into a family of victory, but it's not automatic. It, it works for those who believe for it. 
You have to be proactive. You can't just respond to the world and, and react to the world. We've got to be proactive and say, I'm a believer, not a doubter. I'm an overcomer. I'm going to live and not die. We're saved by faith. We're supposed to fight the good fight of faith. We have the victory by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. And the Bible says the just shall live by faith. Man, I'm a believer. How about you? Woo, I'm going to tell you how you can tell you're in faith or you're not in faith. It's an inward conviction and it's an outward expression or confession. So, so I, I, I compare everything to salvation. If you're saved, if you're a Christian, you don't talk about salvation in the future tense anymore. It's a done deal. I have that. That's mine. I'm not going to be saved. I am saved. I'm not going to be uh, a Christian. I am a Christian. I'm not going to be a new creation. I am a new. I'm not going to be forgiven. I am forgiven. And then there's all these other things that we can believe for. But 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 you're not there. It, you, you'll never walk in victory if you talk defeat. Be very careful in this day and time because they will fill your head with unbelief. They'll fill your head with defeat. And if you're not careful, if you don't watch. You'll buy into this and you'll be talking defeat and you wonder why I'm not winning, why I'm not overcoming. You never walk in healing if you talk sickness and disease. This is, what, this is our part of the process. We, we must believe God. My. I just want to give you a couple of good examples. You want to hear this? There's some, there's some bad ones, but as I said uh, in, in the Bible, Jesus was constantly looking at people's faith. And, and I want him to see something that he likes in my life. How about you? And it's so, it's so powerful that, that, that without faith it's impossible to please God. I can believe. Why don't we just do it to please him? Just... Just believe some things and walk in faith just to please God because he likes it. And, and so uh, there's several of these examples, but let me take you to one in specific. Uh, the centurion in Luke chapter 7. And let's just, I'm just going to read this. I had about four or five of them, but... but um, we're running out of time, so we'll do this one. In, uh, in Luke 7, 1, it says, Now, when he had concluded all these things in the hearing of the people, he came to Capernaum, and a certain centurion servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. Uh, <clears throat> so the centurion had a servant who was about to die. Verse 3, So when he heard about Jesus... He sent elders to the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. And they came to Jesus, and they begged him earnestly, saying, the, 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 the one for whom he should do this was deserving, for he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. And Jesus went with them, and he was not far from the house. The centurion uh, sent friends to him and said, uh, Lord, do not trouble yourself. I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. 
Therefore, I didn't even think myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I'm a man under authority, and I have soldiers. And when I say to one, go, he goes. When I say to another, come, he comes. When I say one to do this, he does it. And when Jesus heard these things, he marveled and said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. That's so telling, isn't it? He said, I haven't found it. Why? Because he'd been looking. You know, we think Jesus was out just... His whole day was planned out, you know, like his day timer was filled with appointments and, and he was doing the, the, you know, the father's work. But when you read the gospels, you really don't see it like that because people came up unannounced, uninvited, and he would go with them. Like J. Iris said, my daughter's at home about to die. Uh, lay your hands on her and she'll live. And so what did he, he didn't say, man, my schedule is full. You, you got to get on the books, get an appointment. I don't have time to just drop everything, and I'm the Messiah. I, mean, I only have three and a half years. He didn't say that at all. He said, I'm coming to your house. Why? Because Jairus believed something. It, it seemed like Jesus had nothing on his schedule. He would go out and preach the word and wait for somebody somewhere to respond, and that's the direction he went. And when the woman touched his clothes, he's, he was going to Jairus' house. Why? Because Jairus was believing God. Jairus said, notice what Jairus said. If you come and lay hands on her, she will live. What is that? That's faith. Got his attention. So he's going to Jairus' house, and this woman touches his clothes. He felt power go out of him. He said, who touched me? He knew faith had touched him, but he didn't know who it was. He said, well, he was God. Yeah, but he was man. He didn't know who touched him, or he wouldn't have said that. He said, somebody believed today, and I'm going to find out who it is. He wasn't going to just pass it by and let people think that God healed that woman because he felt sorry for her or because it was her time. No, he's going to tell us exactly why that woman got healed. She fell down before him, told him all the truth, and he said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. I love faith. It puts everybody to the top of the list. You know, this woman, if Jesus had a list, she wasn't on it. She wasn't on it. What did she do? She believed God and she went right to the top. You can do that. You can do it. So the centurion had this servant. And he said, Lord, Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. That's pretty good, isn't it? I would have said, what time? Do you need a ride? I'll come get you. I mean, that would have been good enough for me. But the centurion says, no, that's not necessary. Oh, listen to this. This man knew very little. He said, I don't need a visitation. I don't need a word of prophecy. I don't need to feel a goosebump. I don't need to be anointed with oil. I don't need an angel to appear to me. I don't need an out-of-body experience. All I need is a word from God. All you need is a word from God. Isn't that powerful? 
In fact, you can have all the experiences, but if you don't have a word, you don't have the basis for your faith. But if you'll get a word from God, you can believe anything in that Bible. And it can be yours as well as salvation. Let's expand our faith. Can we do that? Let's believe bigger. Let's believe for better so that we can bear fruit in this life. I see the church as rising up and being part of the answer, not part of the problem. As the calm in the midst of the storm. As healers and helpers and people that can make a difference in a positive way in a world that is very disturbed. They're very frightened right now. We can bring hope to a hopeless world. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me? Oh, I've got so much that I could teach you. But it's all coming out. We're going to get it into book form. Uh, I have a new series coming out. It's not out yet. It's called Saying What God, uh, Saying what God Said. It's on all about confession. So important. And uh, I have another book called The Key to Answer, or a series called The Key to Answered Prayer. When that comes out, you should get that one. The Key to Answered Prayer. It's faith. But let's do, let's put our faith into action. Say this with me. Say, thank you, Lord. I'm a believer. I'm not a doubter. I'm an overcomer. I'm victorious. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm full of faith. I'm full of divine strength. I am healed. I am blessed. I am prosperous. My God shall supply all my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm going over. I'm not going under. I'm not sad. I'm not depressed. I am not fearful. I'm full of faith. I'm full of power. I have the wisdom of God. I have the love of God. I walk in the power of God. I walk in the anointing of God. I'm blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. I'm a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. I walk before God. I stand in his presence. I'm welcomed in his kingdom. Highly favored. I'm blessed. I'm prosperous. I'm healed. I'm strong. I'm a believer. Hallelujah. 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 I know it's simple. Confession is simple. Salvation is simple. I've had people, I've prayed with many people in the front of a church for salvation and we've repeated what we call the salvation prayer the sinner's prayer we confess Jesus as Lord ask him to come into our heart and, and uh, forgive us of our sins and we say amen we say, now you're saved and there's this look of disbelief like really? and I tell them about an experience I had I said yes words matter that did something that meant something to God it meant something when you said that 
I said, there was a day many years ago when I walked down an aisle. I stood before a pastor. And he asked me to repeat after him. And I did. And I said two words that changed my life forever. I said, I do. (laughs) And she said, I do. Simple, but powerful and lasting. And, but notice, it wouldn't have worked if he said, do you take this woman to be your lawfully wedded wife? And I would have said, I hope so. I want to. No, it's I do. You better get that right. Yeah, it's Jesus is Lord. You got to get that right. Come into my heart. You got to get that part right. But if you do, it didn't take a long time. It's, it's real. It means something. And it works. And faith works that way in every area. Expand your horizon. Amen. Ooh, we've got much more to go. I'm, I've just got to stop because we got to come back tomorrow and we're going to continue on. So praise God. Don't miss tomorrow night. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.